The federal election is upon us and the seat for Leichhardt is a hotly contested spot. This special podcast on our listener app offers every candidate the opportunity to speak and to share their platform and to discuss why they are the best person for the job. Dan Hannigan from the United Australia Party joins us uh, today. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? We're doing really well. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, we got some questions. Fantastic. Everyone's getting the same questions. First off, we just, we'd like you to share a little about yourself, just for those who don't know you. Yeah, so born and raised here in Cairns back in uh, 79. Uh, Mum's actually born in Mossman. There's a street there named after my grandma called Maxwell Street. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, it runs up to the hospital. Um, my great, so my grandmother actually was born in Herbert and raised in Daintree back before there was even a road there. Wow. And I was there just on the weekend in the uh, Timber Museum. Was her house as a kid back in the 20s and 30s. Wow, that's super local. <laughs> yeah, and then my great-grandmother uh, was born up on Thursday Island in 1898. Holy wow. heck. Yeah, and that's just the ones in Leichhardt. So that actually there's more family across Queensland, but that's the ones more specific to this region. So how incredible that you are running for the seat of Leichhardt and you have so much family history within this big area. Yeah, I don't have to fake the passion. Obviously, yep. May 21 is the uh, the polling day. Well, it's it has opened now, yep. um, but that is the day that people can... Pu- officially cast their votes. What are your key election policies you'd like to talk about? So the big thing at the moment is the debt. All right, the big parties didn't talk about it too much, but you'll see it all over media at the moment. They're worried about inflation and obviously interest rates. So the party sat together and went, well, what's going to be the most important things that we need to address? What's actually truly urgent right now? And if we don't pay down this debt, that's going to be a major one. So we're looking at putting a 15% export levy on iron ore. Now, the thing is that it only... It only goes onto the iron ore once it leaves the country. So if you process the minerals here, which is another key thing we're hearing a lot through different different um, political parties, is to process locally. So number one, 15% uh, export levy on iron ore. The second thing is we want to lock up interest rates at a maximum of 3% for five years. And the reason it's only five years is you can't put into perpetuity. And the other thing is it's only on your principal place of residence. So it's not on investment properties. It's not on business loans or car loans. It's just the home you live in because there's a real concern that a vast majority of Australians could lose their homes in the near future. Absolutely. It's been talked about a lot. A lot. And when we first came out with this, people were like, oh, you're just just being fear mongers. I'm not that kind of person. No. We've looked at the data. The the parties looked at the data. ABC's pushing this out. Mainstream media's pushing this out. Interest rates are going up. Inflation's going up. It's going to be really difficult for people. And people have overextended themselves in a very big way. Yes. On the fact that they thought interest rates would stay so low. That's right. That's right. So, the, and then the third policy that's really important for us in Leichhardt is we have a twenty percent income tax reduction for everyone in regional areas. So that's all of us in Leichhardt, and that applies to both the employee and a business owner, which puts money back in your pocket. Yeah. Look, we're actually in the middle of building. Uh, we had a, a, an issue with the first builder. We've started with another builder. They're fantastic. But we couldn't actually get tradesmen to finish off the problems from the first builder for the second builder to start right. because the influx of money from the government to get the building industry up and running during, during the lockdowns, yep. which is fantastic. But it's a pseudo economy. And we're talking about this the other day. They're saying, oh, social services are great. There's all this money that's going out. Yeah, but there's a trillion dollars spent and not invested. And it's kind of like you know, giving a teenager a credit card, they just blew the lot. Yeah. And if okay. they spent it on roads and hospitals and education facilities and things like that, we would get a return on that investment. But most of that money was just spent. Yeah. And is that what you think that the Leichhardt is, has lacked um, roads and infrastructure? 
Oh, de- oh yeah. yeah. Well, how- actually, to come back to the point on housing, that's a real issue, not just in Leichhardt, but all across Australia. We have a massive issue yeah. with housing, rental affordability, a big issue. And all these things will compound because mm. of the trillion dollar debt. I'm going to keep going back to it. It is a real huge problem. Yeah, this is true. So should you get in, right, yes. vying for the seat of Leichhardt, how will the electorate benefit by electing you? Here's the thing. I said before, I don't have to fake the passion. I love this area and I will drive hard for people. I'm very community minded. I'm always being someone who will do more for others. Yeah. When I look at what's required up here, there's a there's a mix of energy and, and wisdom. And when you're young, you're full of energy. You've got yep. lots of drive. But you tend not to have the wisdom, so you tend to make mistakes and you're more, you know, willing for other people to look after you, the government to look after you. And as you get older, you have the wisdom, but you kind of run out of energy. And I feel like I've hit the stride right now in my life where I have a really good, strong amount of wisdom and I still have the energy. Yeah. And you have to have that mix. The other thing is I've spent my whole life working with people. I know how to negotiate. I know how to communicate with people. It doesn't matter what their background or life is. I can meet them where they're at, work out what needs to be done. So as a conduit between what goes on in Canberra and what's actually happening up here in our electorate, I feel like I have the skill set to really, really magnify that and bring what we need to the area. Nice. So, Dan, you're blazing through these questions so well. You speak so eloquently. Um, I'm going to throw one more in there. Why the United Australia Party? Yeah, so UAP, look, obviously, when when I announced that I was a candidate for the UAP, certain people are like, well, why didn't you go with other parties and stuff like that? Really quite simple. If I was to go with Labor, then you have to follow a party line. Right. Very strictly. Like, it's this is how we are. And if you buck the system, you're you're out. The Liberal Party, they'll ostracize you. And that, I believe, is a real issue with democracy, is that if you're in those parties, you should be able to speak your mind and for the electorate. That's really important to me. I used to be a huge fan of the Greens and been working on environmental projects for years. And I've kind of fell out of that because I find a lot of what goes on in the environmental sector is just greenwashing. Mm. It's moving numbers from one column on a spreadsheet to another to make it look like something's being done. Mm -hmm. And that just annoys the hell out of me. And I've worked on environmental projects for years. So I had to be with a team that was willing to listen to me and was for the, the candidate and for the region. Now, as soon as I joined the party, I sent in my application video. I talked about my, my passion for the environment, my passion for doing good things, sustainable circular economy, all around that kind of subject matter. And I thought if I still get in on that, then they do care about the individual and the candidate. And I got in. Yep. Then I, had, uh, I flew down to Coolum. I met Clive and the team. Clive flew up the very next day and attended my um, big, big release. Um, what do they call it? Uh, your launch. Your launch, yeah. launch, yeah. Yeah, your launch. Yeah, the, the, I've never done all this before, so mm. it was, all the terminology was quite new to me. And I also got Craig Kelly up here because the team's really behind me, and I'll probably get Clive up here again. We'll see where we go before the election. Yeah, right. So the thing is, is that they listen. And straight away, they said, well, what do you think they need in Northern Queensland? I said, well, any ideas that are made at a state level in Brisbane or in Canberra, they don't factor in the geographical requirements and the local requirements. So one of the things I'm really big on is circular economy. We need to make local, use local, recycle local, produce local. And the thing is, is that if you create that model in Canberra, it doesn't necessarily work in Cairns, particularly yep. in, in like somewhere like Brisbane. They try to replicate it all the time. Yep. So for me, it's a circular economy that's both industry and regional specific, and they've adopted that straight away, and that's one of the policies for for Leichhardt. I've got uh, another sort of supplementary question, if you don't mind. Um, so what I've noticed is is that um, the Carter Australia Party, One Nation, and United Australia Party, a lot of policies seem to kind of line up with yes. each other. What was it about Clive particularly, I guess, that 
sort of drew you into him? Because he's got, some would say, a little bit of a, um, a, a background that, you know, some people see him as quite the hero. Some people see him otherwise. Pauline's much the same and Bob <laughs> Carter even much the same. So what do you think the differences are between, like, how did you choose? And if you look at Clive, if you look at Pauline and then you look at Bob, yep. they're all mavericks. Yeah. They go hard. They they set their mind to something and actually do it. So I respect all of them because they speak their mind, they go hard, and whether or not it's going to be received well by the, the mainstream, they're speaking something that needs to be said, whether you agree with it or not. Yep. And that's part of a democratic society. So it wasn't actually Clive that drew me in. It was the fact that um, Craig Kelly stood up in, in Parliament and started actually proposing different ideas to what was going on over the last two years, you know, against lockdowns and man- mandatory anything, uh, border closures, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know what? There's never been a circumstance in life where there's one side of a story. And in a true democratic society, we should have an open discussion about anything that's going on because there's always more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, I thought, you know what, this is this is great. And then it became an accumulation of the other factors like good policies, um, willing to listen, interested in the candidate, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like the idea that in each electorate we have a different representative from different parties yeah. because they ha- they do have differences. If you do a Venn, Venn diagram, there is a lot of overlap. Yeah, but there's also the areas that they differ. Now, I think it's important to have the different voices in your electorate to represent the different thoughts and voices in your electorate. You know, it just makes sense. When when we get into parliament, it looks like there will be a hung parliament, which means. The, the Liberal Party doesn't have enough people and the Labor Party doesn't have enough people to establish government. Yep. Then it has to be made up of minor parties. At that stage, I think, you know, you'll find that the, the Catters out there, the One Nation, UAP, and whoever else gets in will be willing to work together because of that consistency overlap in that Venn diagram that says, hey, let's run with these core principles. That's just my thoughts. No, that's no, that's great. And I'm like I say, that wasn't an attempt to bamboozle or anything like that. It's no. just I've got a lot of questions and I'm new to the area and knowing who to vote for for locals is tough enough, isn't it, Tammy? Because absolutely a lot of people um, have, you know, you align with some of their policies and with some of their values and then there's some that you don't and you kind of almost have to weigh up who are you going to go? Are you going to put in box number one, two, three? And it is a difficult thing. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, yeah. um, just to make sure everyone got a say and we could chat to everyone about what they stood for. So, Dan, just to wrap it up, yes. why should people vote for you? Quickly, what are the qualities of a leader? Uh, I would say someone that can make decisions probably that aren't always popular but necessary and uh, someone that... Um, is empathetic? Yes. Someone, in, in my from my perspective, someone that does the right thing regardless of what the consequences might be for from their own team who, like, you know, say the party line, uh, the right decision is the right decision. And someone that can get the job done. I agree. And the, the reason I'm running and the reason I feel like I'm that person is because... I'm full of empathy. I am full of passion. I have the literal skill sets to do it, but I have all the other emotional skill sets in which to do it. And it's because of that that when when I looked at actually running, I started talking to friends and family. Everyone said, you'd be perfect. Funny thing is, is I took that offensive and so did my wife because they're like, (laughs) you think I'll be a good politician? (laughs) The reason I want to ask what, what are the qualities within the leader is most people don't actually contemplate that they look at a party they look at policies and they go oh they look like a, like, like a nice person whatever it may be but i think if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're questioning who you're going to vote for ask yourself that question what are those specific qualities i want in a leader and then have a look at the individuals who are running and go you know what that person has those qualities and i want someone who's going to stand up do the right thing 
break the party mold, whatever it needs to be, but do it with love and compassion for the entire society, not just for one you know, subgroup of people within that society. I love it. All right. Dan Hannigan from the United Australia Party, thank you so much for taking part in this. We've loved having you in. It's fantastic being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on this special federal election coverage podcast right here on Listener. On the next episode, we talk to Paul Rowe from the Australian Federation Party. Number one, I would be legislating straight away to undo all the lockdowns, mandates and the, the loss of freedoms and the, the choking and the damage that's been done to the businesses and re-employing all the staff that have been laid off, nurses, all these amazingly talented people who are so skilled and spent years and years building up their ex- experience. To have that all thrown, them thrown under the bus is it's despicable thank you for joining us and to stay up to date with all of the candidates who are vying for the seat of leichhardt in the 2022 federal election keep it right here on listener